Welcome to Nutrition Grad Guide. I'm your host, Shana Sapi, a qualified nutritionist and multi-passionate entrepreneur. I created this podcast to help nutrition grads just like you navigate your way into a career and a life that you love. In each episode, I'm going to bring you interviews with experts in the nutrition and health field, exploring a range of different career pathways. We'll learn about what they do, how they got there, and their advice to help you grow a successful career as a nutritionist or a natural health professional. Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest on the podcast is Megan Boswell, who is the face behind the healthy label. And she is a qualified dietitian who sees clients one-on-one through her online practice. And she also does a lot of recipe development and content creation and works with some amazing brands too. I'm really excited to chat to you today, Megan. I feel like I've been following you for quite some time and I love the content you put out. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for the lovely introduction. I'm excited to be here. That's my absolute pleasure. Let's get into it by chatting a little bit about how you first got interested in the nutrition space. Yeah, so I graduated from the Bachelor of Nutrition and Dietetics in the end of 2019. So that was a four-year degree at Griffith Uni, just my local uni. I originally started off in a Bachelor of Exercise Science, but I got to the end of the first year and I realised while I'm passionate about both nutrition and exercise, it was definitely the nutrition side of things that I saw myself going ahead with, just from the whole preventative health side of things. So it was a pretty easy transition just because a lot of the core subjects are the same. So I think I've heard a similar story for quite a few people who went into dietetics after that first year. And then I did an honours degree within that four-year bachelor's, um, honours degree, but like a six-month honours program. Yep. And also six months of dietetic placement. And in the middle of that and around 2018, I started the healthy label just as a little bit of a side hobby to begin with. And then it grew into a little bit more, as you can probably see. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And so when you did start that, did you start it as a website or a Instagram? I started on Instagram. I remember I was talking to someone at the uni and I said, oh, you know, I wonder if I would just start posting on Instagram if people would be interested in my recipes. And uh, this friend of mine said to me, oh, you know, why don't you just start, just do it. I was like, okay. So I did. And, you know, you can scroll all the way back to the beginning of my feed and see some real (laughs) pearlers back when I wasn't amazing at food presentation, but I just gave it a go. and. A lot of the process was just learning from everyone else around me and other people in the space and seeing what worked, what kind of design elements I could bring that kind of aligned with me and what resonated with me and what was doing well with my audience at the time. So that's what kind of got the ball rolling, I guess. Yeah, that's brilliant. And I love that and that you just went out there and you did it. And it's so beneficial to start something like that when you are still studying because you really are setting that foundation for when you're finished and you need to build the audience. And particularly because you've gone out and built your own business, it's so beneficial to have that there. Yeah, I would actually say I probably had a lot more time to work on it back then, which is weird. I thought, oh, as soon as I graduate, I'm going to have so much time. No, (laughs) Straight into, straight into working and lots of other stuff, but it was kind of my way of procrastinating and it was a good way of just being creative outside of the regular uni textbooks that I was immersed in the rest of the time. Yeah, I love that. So I'm going to ask you more about that, but before we do, let's quickly touch on where you went for your uni placement. 
Yeah, so I did a few weeks in Coffs Harbour. So we did a community placement and we were working with asylum seekers and refugees just on some general nutrition knowledge and cooking classes. That was amazing. And then I spent some time in Brisbane for my clinical placement. So I was at the Princess Alexandra Hospital and also Uh, the children's hospital which was a little bit of a challenge I didn't know that I was going to be at a children's hospital so it's a very large learning curve but I work with some pediatric clients now in private practice so I'm pretty grateful for it oh incredible that would have been such good experience It was definitely. The only thing that I regret was that we didn't really have any kind of private practice portion of our placement. So it was food service, clinical and community. And I did know that I was going to be more aligned with private practice, especially by the end of it. I think clinical, while it was awesome being in the hospital, I just couldn't see myself doing that every day. It was a bit too fast paced. And I definitely liked spending more time with people and doing more of the coaching and motivational interviewing side of things. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it's kind of good in a way that it showed you what you didn't want. And it really affirmed what you did want. And you already had that idea that you wanted to do the one on one. It was sort of cementing that and helping you get clear on your vision. Yep, absolutely. And placement was challenging. If I'm totally honest, there was a couple of points where I was like, I don't even know if I want to be a dietitian anymore. But I met I met some really wonderful mentors by the end of it and had some really amazing supervisors. So if there's anyone who's listening to the podcast and they're coming up to placement or they've just finished and that resonates with you, yeah, that definitely was my experience. Yeah, very nice. Um, So when you did finish your placement and finished your uni, you already had that foundation of your Instagram and putting that content out. And did you go straight into seeing those one-on-one clients once you had graduated? So I was careful about doing that straight away. I definitely wanted to test the waters by working for someone else first. So I did work at a local practice for, I think, probably a couple of months at the start of this year. Uh, but then COVID hit and there were some difficult things that were up in the air. So I ended up leaving that practice. And while we were in isolation from COVID, I decided to just work on my website. So I didn't leave the house for an entire month. And I just worked every day on building my website, learning from online courses that I could find and different tutorials, a lot of hair pulling moments. But (laughs) by the end of that, I was able to launch my website and say, okay, well, now I have a website. I've set up some practice management software. I can officially see clients. And I had had quite a few people who were waiting for me to be ready. So they jumped on board straight away, which was really awesome. Oh, incredible. And you mentioned you use some practice software. What are you using to have all those systems in place? So I use Practice Better. It's an American-based software and Because of the conversion rate, it's probably over $100 a month, but you get some really awesome things that come along with it. So I have a whole client portal and clients can message with me in between sessions. All of our notes and documents are found in that portal so they don't need to go elsewhere. There's no following up email trails or anything like that. And everything is quite automated in terms of pre-assessment questionnaires, all all types of forms and uh, waivers, et cetera. Yeah, that's incredible. It sounds so worth it, especially once you do start building up that client base, it would pay itself off so quickly. 
Yeah, easily. The only thing is if you are seeing Medicare clients, I probably wouldn't recommend it because it doesn't link in with Medicare, whereas you might rather use Halexy, for example, if you're doing that more traditional private practice with GP referrals. Yeah, that's a really good tip. Awesome. So you started with fully online consults, obviously, because we're in isolation when you launched your website and launched your services. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's something you'll continue doing and just stay online? Or do you think you would like to rent a room somewhere and combine the two? I can't speak for my future self. But at this stage, I really love the fact that it's all online. And because I do see clients from the UK and the US even Canada, Spain at the moment. Wow. It really it really works for me that it's online and I don't need that physical location and I also don't have to pay rent. So that definitely means you make a bit more profit in the business because you've lowered those costs of just operating. Yeah. But I do work at a face-to-face private practice these days. And I have to say that is something about just being in clinic with people that is really nice. So I'm not sure if I'd want to completely give that up. Yeah, no, that's totally fair enough. And it sounds like a good mix. Yeah. Awesome. And I must say, I'm really impressed that you only launched like your website and that side of your services, like the one-on-one this year. Like, did you graduate last year or? I did. Yeah, I graduated at the end of 2019. Hence why I didn't go straight into seeing clients. I thought, you know, best to find my feet and feel kind of confident about my systems and everything that I have in place. Just because when it is your own business, you know, there's a lot on the line. You want to make sure you're really doing the best job that you can for your clients. I'm sure you can totally relate to that as well. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that's so incredible that you graduated a year ago and you've already like having that foundation would have been so beneficial, but you've already built what seems to be a thriving business and are doing really well in the industry. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. Yeah, I can imagine. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about what it looks like in terms of the structure between seeing the one-on-one clients and then you also do the other side of your business, which is more of the content creation. Yes. So at the moment, because I'm seeing clients from the healthy label and I'm also working in a practice in Brisbane, which specializes in plant-based nutrition, it's really awesome. It really aligns with my values. Probably 90% of my week is focused on private practice at the moment. And then I'll probably have a day or so every fortnight where I just create content for Instagram. It's been lagging a little bit this year, if I'm going to be totally honest, but I find batching is the most helpful thing. So for example, a couple of weeks ago, I did two recipe posts and three reels in the one day. So I got all my equipment ready, did all my grocery shopping. So I managed to smash that out and, um, and make it, get it all ready basically. Yeah. Yeah. Batching is the best. Such a lifesaver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially when you are juggling other things as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So when you are working within your business and with the other clinic, what's the breakdown of that? Would you say like, are you doing 50, 50 or are you more um, in the in-person clinic and a little bit in your business or what's that look like? Yeah. So I'm in the in-person clinic one day a week on Fridays it's going to increase next year because I'm taking over from someone on maternity leave maternity leave so the rest of the time I do a 
stay from home for that clinic on Tuesdays. And then it's probably one and a half days a week that I'm seeing healthy labeled clients. And then the rest of my time is a mix of doing doctor's letters, replying to emails, creating client plans, and um, sometimes chatting with brands that I might be collaborating with as well. Yeah. All of the fun admin stuff that we often forget about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, accounting and keeping track of finances, all that fun stuff. Yeah. And how did you learn to do all that sort of stuff? Would you have help with that or did you just self-teach like online courses, like what you did with your website? A real mix. I definitely have had a lot of mentorship in the private practice side of things. So I've been lucky with Instagram. I've been able to have really amazing networks and know who I can talk to about different aspects. For example, if a client has a particular problem, I can talk to an expert in that area. And from the business side of things, I've had um, business mentorship along the way from some other dietitians that I'd call my friends as well. So it's kind of like a mutual, mutually beneficial arrangement, I'd say. With the finance side of things my mom is an accountant so that's been really helpful (laughs) and everything else has just been um repetitions so just working on my systems gradually streamlining things so for example with all of my doctor's letters I now have uh, one note pages with diagnoses and education like one-liners that I can just quickly chuck in there and shoot it off amazing sounds so helpful (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, it's great that over time you build up those sorts of resources and it does get quicker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And with the content creation side of things, it's probably been self-improvement as well. I can't think of any particular courses I've done. Uh, It's mostly been paying attention to my insights on Instagram and just doing more of what is working. So seeing what people are liking, commenting on, saving what people would DM me about and just focusing on creating more of that content and then gradually refining the design side of things over time as well. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, you've got a brilliant style on your Instagram and those infographics and like swipe through ones. They're also, there's so much value in them. They're really valuable to offer to people. They're the kind of things you do want to save. Like I'll often save some of yours and be like, this is awesome. Like this is such a good thing to send to people when they ask me about one particular nutrient or what they can eat to get high fiber meals or like any of those examples um so yeah I think what you've created with those it's a really good resource and you're giving so much value which in turn will encourage people to want to work with you one-on-one and go that extra step yeah absolutely it's all about building that no like and trust factor which I'm sure people have heard that a million times but that's what it really boils down to um Something that I would ask myself before I posted anything, at least in the early days and probably sometimes now, is why would anyone care? So I really have to make sure that whatever content I'm putting out there is actually going to be beneficial to someone to the point where they would want to show their friend or it's going to help them in some way in their everyday life. Yeah. Yeah, that's a brilliant way to look at it. And it's a great way to make sure you are delivering value and not just posting for the sake of posting. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. And so when you're making those sorts of things, are you using Canva or do you use something else? In the past, I used to just take all the photos myself and then edit them to make them look wider. But now I use Canva just because it's come a long way and it's way more efficient. I have found that the more handmade 
posts, DIY can do better because I think people recognize how much effort has been put into it. But there's definitely something something to be said for the efficiencies of Canva when you're trying to run a business and efficiency is pretty important. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you want to make sure you're doing the one-on-one clients and not just having to spend all your time on the social media side, because that alone could be a full-time job. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why you would hire people out and delegate that kind of thing, you know, as you grow. Yeah. And how do you balance the two? Like, what would you say are some of your tips for making sure you're staying on top of the one-on-one clients and making sure you can grow that side of your business while still putting out that amazing content and doing really well with the marketing side of things? I think for for me, it's been a lot to do with consistency. So I have a minimum negotiable that I post three times a week and it was every second day for the majority of the past three years. It's changed a little bit just with changing schedules. Yeah. So I know I'm going to be posting every second day, which means I have to create content. So I have to make time for that. And it might be an occasion where I will finish up my client notes for the day and then bake a few things at night and I can take photos the next morning in terms of recipes or what I also do is I have my notes on my phone so as soon as I have inspiration for a topic I have a big list for real ideas or infographic ideas and I'm like oh yes I need to talk to people about that so I'll just chuck it into my notes straight away and then I've got an excel spreadsheet and I'll import that at some point and gradually work my way through them. Yeah. Wow. That's such a good idea. Yeah. Having those big lists where you can go through when you need to create the content. Cause I find I'm similar. I'll often have um, ideas when I'm not able to do it right away. So I'll have to take notes, but otherwise you just forget about it. Like if you're in a situation where you can't write it down, you're kind of like, what was that awesome idea I had that I wanted to share? <laughs> exactly. You know, I figure your brain can only hold so much stuff at any one point in time. So as long as you immortalize it, write it down, then you can always come back to it later. Exactly. And it also makes space to have new ideas and to focus on the other things you need to be doing rather than being like, have to remember this, have to remember this and like repeating that in your head instead. (laughs) There's something that I learned while I was doing my honors research project that was taught to me by my supervisor. And it's a really helpful activity to do when you're just thinking about a million things. So Before sitting down to write, we would draw up a page and in the centre we'd do a circle with my mind. And then you just create a mind map with everything that you're thinking about and how it all links and you just get it down on paper and it's kind of like sweeping the dust away a little bit so you can decide what you want to focus on first. I love that. That's so cool. What a great way to get it all out of your head and onto the page. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. And speaking of supervisors and mentors, as a dietitian, you have to have a mentor for the first year after graduating, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. How are you finding that experience? Are you finding it really valuable? Yeah. So I've been quite lucky. I joined an entrepreneurship mentoring group for my APD provisional mentorship. And this was through my uni. So our lecturer is quite enthusiastic about private practice and entrepreneurship and dietetics so there's a group of us that have been meeting every month um, for the past 12 months and I think there's like eight or ten people in our group so we would all share our experiences our wins our challenges and give each other advice on different aspects of our business and then we had the personal element as well of course with the mentor who was holding the sessions yeah that sounds incredibly valuable 
Yeah, there's a lot to be said for being in a group setting if it's possible. I know most people have to do the traditional one-on-one, but I found that really beneficial. So I think they're working on some research to encourage this being done more often. Hopefully it'll be something that's available to more dietetics uh, graduates in the future. Yeah, that's really cool. And how did you find that opportunity? Is that the sort of thing other people who are graduating can be involved in? I think it's just through my uni. So at the end of the year, for anyone who might be at Griffith Uni on the Gold Coast, this is something to look out for. At the end of the year, our lecturer said, this is what we're doing. Here's the link to sign up. Yeah, brilliant. And so it's the monthly meetings that you have or is there? Yeah. Yeah, so usually for the provisional mentoring program, it has to be at least an hour each month for 12 months. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so have you found you've learned a lot by having that advice from other people and giving advice to other people and sort of like working with each other to help each other grow? Yeah, I have. There's a lot to be said for creating a community where even if you're not all doing the same thing, there'll be a lot of crossover in terms of being able to present new ideas, even saying, hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. What do you think? Other people who are in that entrepreneurial headspace will be able to give you feedback or maybe suggest something that you never would have thought of otherwise. Yeah, that is so true. Very cool. And so you have niched into plant-based eating, digestive issues, um, and helping really with the mindset of food. Have you always been passionate about those areas? It's been a bit of an evolution. And I have been thinking that I would need to niche down further, but I'm pretty happy where I'm at at the moment because most of my clients are seeing me for a combination of those three things or a couple and I just really love working with this particular client group just makes me really happy gets me up in the morning there's there's a few other areas that I'm also passionate about though so I'm struggling with figuring out do I want to exclude certain client groups and I'm just not rushing the process so I've given myself a deadline to maybe halfway through next year to niche down a bit more if I'm going to do so. Just in the event that I wanted to do something like group programs or have some kind of membership community and expand my reach and how many people I could impact, it's a lot easier if you're working with one particular client group. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like you're, what you're working with, they really go hand in hand. So I don't feel like, you know, you mentioned you feel like you might need to niche down more. I feel like it kind of is its own special niche because yeah, people need help with the mindset. Often people who go plant-based found they have had digestive issues in the past or vice versa. So it's, yeah, it's a really good combination I find. Yeah. And it's very common to find some levels of disordered eating amongst people who are trying to always better themselves and improve themselves and they might have chosen plant-based eating as the way to do this sometimes it can go a little bit too far so they definitely can all link together and I've recently changed my messaging to focus on those three areas and I'm pretty happy with where it's at at the moment so we'll see where we're at in a year's time yeah that's fantastic and do you still get other clients reaching out just for general health or maybe they fit into one of those categories or maybe they just really resonate with you anyway and they might not necessarily fit into that box but yeah do you find other people still come to you for help yes I do find that and I haven't been in a situation yet where I've had to kind of turn anyone away because it didn't align but as my practice continues to grow that may have to happen in the future but I've got an awesome network that I can just refer out to if that was the case as well. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. And it's so good to have those other people in different areas to what you're working in to be able to, yeah, refer them on. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, they say jack of all trades, master of none. It's really difficult to be good in all areas of nutrition because it's kind of like a rabbit hole. Once you go into one area, there's just so much more to know about. So, you know, it's like the Dunning-Kruger effect. The more you realize, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. So (laughs) So there's a lot to be said for us all having our interest areas and focusing on being really good at those particular interest areas. Yeah. And then you become known for the expert in that and people will come to you knowing that that's what you can help them with. Yeah, absolutely. And then your marketing becomes so much easier because the messaging is quite clear. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So what would you say are some of the skills that are needed to do something similar to what you're doing, like the one-on-one client um, consults? Mm -hmm. I think being adaptable and Mm -hmm. being able to roll with the punches, that's probably going to apply to any industry really. Um, Not being a perfectionist, which a lot of us in the nutrition space really aligned with that kind of type A perfectionist personality trait. So this has been a work in progress for me this year and I think it's gotten a lot better. Sometimes done is better than perfect, as they say. So when when you're seeing quite a few clients in a day or in a week, you're not going to be able to do the, the most perfect nutrition plan. And to be honest, they probably won't follow the most perfect nutrition plan. It's all about being realistic both for yourself and your business and also when you're working with clients. Yeah. Um, What else? Consistency. Mm -hmm. So this will will probably be in terms of consistently upskilling. So I've been doing CPD all year, just around particularly the areas of gut health, disordered eating. And it's really, really helped with fine tuning my practice, improving confidence in a whole bunch of areas. So consistently seeking out further education, whether it's through courses online, whether it's through mentors that you can find in your area, colleagues, um, anything that you really have at your disposal. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else. Creativity. Definitely. When it comes to the marketing side of things, if you want to go into the area of private practice and market yourself through something like Instagram, it's definitely good to find your creative bubble. So what works for you, you know, how you can get those creative juices flowing. A lot of people find having white space, so having time blocked off where they don't have anything planned can be really helpful to just get some creative things happening yeah, and start thinking about different different ways to reach people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think those are probably the main things. Yeah, and such important skills. They're really good points. When it does come to the marketing, do you find Instagram is your main tool for that? Yeah, absolutely. And I know it needs to not be my only tool. So that's something that I'm planning on working on over the next 12 to 18 months just because Instagram can be a bit of a fickle beast. So, you know, the algorithm can change. You can be on the good side one day or the bad side another day. Um, And this isn't to say, you know, there's a little person behind it just trying to make your life hard. It's a machine. So sometimes if content doesn't do well for a certain period of time, you have to kind of claw your way back up with some really awesome content. Yeah. So because it's kind of fickle, 
I would like to also have a blog and possibly have some digital products as well and just more ways to reach people. So I'm going to be working on having a mailing list next year because I have one set up, but there's really only one welcome email. Sorry, anyone who's subscribed to it. And there's nothing else that comes after that. So that's definitely something that I need to be working on. Yeah, no, that all sounds really good though. And like your Instagram game is so strong that it's fantastic that it's been able to get you to this point in your business. And I'm sure there'll only be exponential growth from there as well. I hope so. Yeah. Instagram in and of itself can be can be your sole source of getting clients. For me, it has been so far and it's been wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah so a lot of people do quite well just with using Instagram, but yeah. I don't think it's good to keep all of your eggs in one basket. So if it, that is the case, maybe think about diversifying. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking a little bit about the other side of your business and working with brands, what does that look like for you? Do they reach out to you or do you ever reach out to brands to work with them? Or yeah, tell us a bit about what you do there. Yeah, so it's typically a mix. I'm very selective just because... I, I find that the trust factor is so important with my audience. I don't want to be shilling too many brands, you know, like a new brand every week. So I usually work with one to two brands at any one point in time and generally longer term collaborations. Yep. Then, you know, it's going to be mutually beneficial and the audience has time to kind of get used to that brand and learn more about them and know that you're actually really passionate about it. So yep. It's been a mixture of brands reaching out and me reaching out to brands. So I'm working with Happy Way at the moment. And originally I reached out to them just to ask if they had any samples to try because I needed a, a plant-based protein powder to recommend to my clients and audience. And the ball kind of got rolling and then we ended up doing a six-month collaboration, which will probably extend. So that's been really good so far. Yeah, that's great. And on the side of pricing and things, how do you figure out like negotiating with brands between either doing it for free or like in for that exposure side and getting free products or actually making it more of a partnership where it is a paid offer? And yeah, how did you come to a conclusion about those? Mm -hmm. So at the moment, I don't actually accept free products for exposure just because the hours in my week are so limited that for me, the risk, the, not the risk or the reward, but the benefit of doing that is kind of outweighed by the time I would spend creating content. Yeah. So I would only pursue something that's going to be like a proper paid collaboration. Yeah. In terms of pricing, I have used Tribe as a bit of a guide, but also talking to some other content creators and seeing what they're charging. It's a little bit it's not very often talked about, but I think it is really awesome to just have the conversations with people because usually other bloggers I've spoken to have said, wow, it's so good to actually talk about this because no one's really transparent about what's what, how much should I charge? How, how much am I worth? So yeah. oftentimes you're worth more than you think you are. Yeah. So I would say definitely shoot for the high end um, if the brand has the budget for it. And it's going to depend as well. So some might be, you know, quite small brands, don't really have a large marketing budget. Other, other brands might be really massive corporations and they might be able to do a longer collaboration with you. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's a really good point. And I also find that tribe um, chart they have based on like your following in the price range, that is so helpful. And I think, as you mentioned, like we are worth more because we are qualified nutritionists and dietitians and natural health practitioners. So that's mm. really a selling point for us. And it does make us an expert as opposed to just the influencers who don't have that knowledge and the foundation of all the scientific background behind them. Exactly. As health professionals, we're held to a certain professional standard. So if you need to use that as part of your pitch, you know, I have a lot of trust with my audience. I'm really passionate about this product. That would definitely carry a lot of weight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Some really good pointers there. Awesome. And what would you say is your vision for the future? Where do you envision the healthy label going? I, I think it's been evolving over the past few years, but there's a few aspects that have remained the same. So um, underlying all of it, I want to try and reach as many people as possible, which I know is a really, really big goal, but I want to build a community where people know there's evidence-based nutrition information that they can trust. So I would like to have a full blog built out with informative articles on various aspects of nutrition, a whole recipe database, and a recipe database that encourages that all foods fit approach. You know, we're not shaming gluten or dairy or refined sugars or anything like that. Yeah. So it's a place where everyone will be safe to go there and try different things. And even people who have struggled with disordered eating in the past, there won't be any triggering content on there, essentially. So as part of the vision, I don't know how long it's going to take to make that happen because I first need to learn how to do SEO amongst a few other things, but that's part of the plan. So just breaking it down into baby steps. I do have this vision eventually of seeing clients maybe two to three days a week and another two to three days a week just creating content because something that I have learned about myself, especially this year and working in private practice is that I'm not someone who can be sitting down all day having meetings with people. I do also need to be creative. So it's really important to me that I actually will have time during the week to just do recipes or any kind of content creation, maybe uh, corporate health as well. So just exploring that side of things too. Yeah, amazing. That sounds so good and will be such an incredible resource and you're definitely heading in the right direction. Hope so. (laughs) Absolutely. And what would you attribute your success to to date? I think it would be probably due to just persistence to keep going, to be honest, because it's pretty challenging to commit to posting every second day to Instagram all throughout uni um, and even graduating and coming out on the other side. So having those minimum non-negotiables basically that I say, okay, I do this every week. Cool. That consistency has been the main thing that's helped me to grow the healthy label to be where it is today. Yeah. And besides that, building networks of people where you can talk to, you know, even if you have a bad day in clinic, that it's just, it's so helpful to have other people that you can relate to about different things that are going on. And in the world of entrepreneurship in nutrition yeah um besides that probably my parents and my family you know they've always been super supportive and Mm, yeah so good yeah it's really important to have those people cheering you on from the sidelines as well Mm -hmm. yeah totally 
Yeah. And so when it does come to building networks, what would your some of your tips be for meeting like-minded um, natural health practitioners or people in the industry um, and yet yeah, really developing those good connections? Yep. So when we're not in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> going to social events and talking to new people. Yeah. And for me, it was helpful to say, oh, you know, let's connect on Instagram or something like that because then you can get to see what the other person is about and then they know me as well. So you might be able to connect onwards from that. Yeah. Um, taking up any opportunities that are given to you. So in terms of maybe doing talks and being able to present to people, you can definitely meet new people that way. For me, a lot of it has occurred through Instagram DMs, if I'm going to be totally honest. So just shooting a message to someone and saying, hey, I think you're really cool. Did you want to do a video call? Usually this would be someone that I had already previously spoken to, probably not right off the bat, but... (laughs) That, that has been awesome. So just taking it from casual conversation to let's do it like a FaceTime or a video call and just chat about life and business and how everything's going. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. Um, so what would you say is one important mindset shift when it comes to business? So you're obviously big on mindset and food, but how about the importance of mindset in success and business? So I would say start before you're ready. Yeah. Um, when I started seeing online clients, I had just set up my practice management software. I was still figuring out my forms. But, you know, if I had waited, maybe it would have been another two months before I said, okay, this is all perfect. I can start seeing clients now. It's the actual starting process. It helps you to refine and improve. So if I wasn't seeing any clients, how would, have, how would I have been able to improve my processes and flows? Yeah. And how would I have known what, more CPD that I might need to do or who I needed to talk to about different elements. So definitely just start before you're ready. Mm-hmm. And that it's going to be unique to everyone, what baby steps they look like, but just take the steps. Yeah. I love that. And I, I completely agree. I think it's so important because we do learn through doing like there's only so much we can learn from books and courses and things, but putting it into practice is where we really cement it and see how we can make it useful to people as well. Mm -hmm. yeah and do the things that give you anxiety like I did my first corporate health presentation earlier this year and I was so anxious beforehand but by the time I got to the end of it I was like no this is cool I can do this again and you know this is my first podcast and I figured by the time I got to the end of this I'd say okay cool I can do this again (laughs) yeah absolutely Um, And when it does come to opportunities like podcasts or this case, I emailed you, but for like the corporate um, nutrition workshop you did, did they reach out to you or is that the sort of thing that you reached out to them about? I actually saw someone ask about it in a Facebook group. Oh, yeah. So they said, oh, we need a dietitian to do X, Y, and Z. Do you know of anyone? Show of hands. So I put my hand up for that. I do recommend for anyone who hasn't already looked into it, go and join a whole bunch of Facebook groups, whether it's dietitian focused, nutritionist focused, private practice focused, anything that kind of fits where you're at at the moment, because you can learn so much from reading the conversations in there and from asking questions yourself. Yeah. And from a networking perspective, that's a great way to see people that are sort of like that spark your interest and would be great connections to have. Yeah, definitely. I've done some virtual assistant work that I gained through a Facebook group as well. So it's just another opportunity to meet people and network for sure. 
Yeah, that's an, another interesting um, side of things, virtual assistant work. What sort of tasks were you doing as part of that? So that was social media content creation yeah. amongst other things. Um, and I have also done some virtual assistant admin work for another dietitian this year, mm-hmm. which I'll be wrapping up at the start of next year. And that's been really helpful because it was quite admin focused. So that's where I learned a lot about Medicare billing and just some of the background things that happen in terms of the more traditional private practice model. Yeah. Don't be afraid to do virtual assistant or admin work, by the way, if anyone is just graduated and they're not really sure what to do with themselves. Yeah. And it's such a good way to see the behind the scenes of businesses and then apply what you can to your own and help your own business grow. So I think, yeah, there's so much value in that too. Yeah, exactly. And you take the good bits and you see what doesn't quite work. So you don't need to emulate that in your own practice. Yeah, definitely. That's so cool. Um, Are there any other sides of your business or any of your experience you've had that we haven't covered today that you reckon would be worth chatting about? Mm, I think we've probably covered the main aspect with this year and COVID happening and it being quite difficult to find any kind of solid job. Really from the start of the year, I was piecing together lots of different things. I probably had like five jobs at one stage so it has become more streamlined as a couple of the areas have grown and crowded out the other things yeah so that that's probably the main things at this stage and I'd say yeah don't be afraid to cobble bits and pieces together a lot of us have to do it after we graduate yeah definitely and it's a great way to get experience while we are starting out and yeah growing that experience yeah definitely (laughs) awesome Um, I think I've asked you everything I wanted to ask you. Oh, quick fire question. If you could recommend one book for every listener to read, what would it be and why? So I know this one's not business related because I haven't read any business books lately. I tend to listen to podcasts instead. But in terms of a book recommendation, I recommend Eat Yourself Healthy by Megan Rossi. It's it's really, it's gut focus, but it also dispels a lot of the myths about gut health and just talks about really common sense nutrition principles that you can use in everyday life. So it would be helpful for the everyday person, but it's also been helpful for me as a practitioner because some of the uh, relationships that are described in the book, I've been able to use that forward with my own clients in private practice. So yeah, recommend that one. Yeah. Awesome. I have heard good things about that book. Yeah. And you mentioned podcasts in there. Are there any podcast recommendations you have? Oh, so many. I'm just going to pull my phone up while we chat so I can list some of them out for you. Awesome. I love podcasts, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Podcasts are amazing. I listen to them when I'm in the car, when I'm at the gym sometimes, when I'm cleaning. Yeah. Okay. So one that has been really great has been the unconventional rd with erica julson i like the compete waffle by compete nutrition i've been enjoying the leanne ward nutrition podcast and also the food for thought podcast with rhiannon lambert all of those i would definitely start adding them to your library if you haven't already yeah amazing they all sound really good love learning about new podcasts so i'm going to go check them out after this yeah there's so many good ones I'm like oh goodness how will I choose yeah sometimes that itself can be a bit overwhelming just like trying to keep up with all the amazing content out there yeah yeah definitely and I just use just use dead time for it when you're not otherwise doing anything that you would be distracted from 
Yeah, definitely. I like what you said about um, putting it on in the background. I'll often put it on while I'm cooking or cleaning and those sort of more boring jobs that you can listen to something and still absorb a lot of the information. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, love it. So do you have any parting words of advice for the listeners? I think it would just be a wrap up of a few things. So start before you're ready, but also don't rush the process. So what I mean by that is make sure you take time to enjoy the milestones that you reach rather than always looking to the next thing. I've been quite guilty of this. And I think it's that kind of highly strong perfectionist mentality where you're always thinking, okay, what's the next milestone I need to get to? What's the next achievement? Cool. I've done this. Make sure you actually take time to sit in the enjoyment of various things that you've achieved and be in the moment with that. Yeah. So good. What a way to end it. (laughs) And (laughs) you're welcome. And where can the listeners find you and follow along with all the amazing content you're putting out? Yeah. So come hang out at the healthy label on Instagram. That's just at the healthy label, one word. And that's probably my main place where I'm at the moment, but keep an eye out for a blog and maybe a podcast one day. We'll see how we go. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be awesome. I'm sure we'll all be tuning in. Wonderful. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's been so interesting learning about how much you've achieved since graduating and in such a short time. Um, Yeah, it's very inspiring and you're doing incredible things in the industry. So thank you for sharing all of your wisdom with us all. Thank you so much. It has been lovely to be here. It really has. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I feel like I gained so much valuable insight and advice from it, and I hope you agree. If you did enjoy this episode, please leave me a review and tell me what you think. I would love to hear your feedback. Do you know anyone else that this episode can benefit? I would be so grateful if you share it with them. That way, they too can benefit from all of the insight that we covered today. Your support means so much to me and together we can help even more people build a career and a life that they love. Thank you for being here. Until next time, keep making your dreams a reality.